0: I would say I probably took a little bit of like a kid at heart approach to my corporate job. Before I went back to business school, I worked on a whole number of accounts from like Razor Scooters to the Got Milk campaign. So always very kind of fun consumer brands. And then when I went to Mattel, you know, I was that kid who played with Barbie till I was like in high school, (laughs) definitely way longer than I should have. Um, And when I found out that Mattel recruited on campus at UCLA, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could work for Barbie. That's a real job. That sounds like so much fun. So even though it was corporate, it very much tapped into kind of this dream I had as a little kid. And I think that's been kind of the thread line of my career is just, why have a boring job? Like, you don't have to have a boring job. You can have a really fun job. That's Rosie O'Neill, co-founder of the fast-growing
1: candy company, Sugarfina. More from Rosie in just a second. First, we need to talk about why people come to business school. Getting a job that pays more money, definitely. Also, a whole new network of friends and connections. But I think at its core, people come to business school to get a career that they love. That's a romantic idea. We all have that dream job in our minds, working for the Lakers or for a toy company, or what about a candy business? Growing up, I thought I would be a sports announcer or maybe a sports agent. As you can probably guess, I had a sports-themed bar mitzvah. But I don't know, somewhere along the way, I lost sight of those dream jobs. Investment banking became my dream. Somehow, other people's dreams became my own. Business school, for me, was an opportunity to figure out what my real dream is. On the episode today, we talk about why not have your dream job? Why not work for a cool company that you're passionate about? That's what Rosie O'Neill did when she went to work for Mattel after business school. And she did it again when she started her candy company, Sugarfina. We'll also talk with my friend and former classmate, Nicole Fensel. Welcome to YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm Alex Grodnick. On the pod, what it's like following your passion, working for a company that you really care about. Here's Rosie discussing her philosophy of how work doesn't have to be boring.
0: I think it's just, it stemmed from, I want to go do all these things that I thought were really cool as a kid and why not? And it was really when I kind of had that first job out of my undergrad where I was working at the agency and working on all these like really cool, fun brands that I remember thinking like, oh, work doesn't have to suck. Like work can be cool and fun and I can wake up and I'm excited to go in and do whatever I do. That kind of opened my eyes to this idea. And then I think it was just when I was in business school, I realized, wow, there's all these cool brands that I really love. And I'm, I'm like a big brand person. I love, you know, interesting brands with different stories and things like that. And Barbie was something I just had a personal connection to. And so I really went for it. That was the only job I applied for. I wouldn't give that advice to other people. But like, I knew I wanted it so badly. I was just going to make it happen. Um, And then when I started Sugarfina, it was kind of that same idea. Like if I'm going to start a company, why not start a candy company? How awesome is that? You know? Uh, So I think it's just this mentality of work doesn't have to go in this bucket of being like boring and just paying the bills. Work can basically be like something you love doing and you want to kind of commit your life to.
1: Let's dig into the story of Sugarfina.
0: So the whole story, the origin story of Sugarfina is really tied up in the love story of myself and my co-founder, who's now my fiance. He took me to see Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the original one, the Gene Wilder one, um, on our third date. And it was after seeing that movie, we were just hit by this idea. Why isn't there a candy store for grownups? What happened to candy? Why is it all for kids? And we were really inspired by this idea of creating something that was totally unique and had never been done before in the confection space.
1: So after getting her MBA and then going to work for Mattel, Rosie saw the opportunity creating a candy company for adults with fancy packaging and flavors
0: like... I love the peach bellini. That's kind of been my favorite since day one. It's like made with uh, fresh peach nectar and it has this like tart, fizzy kind of exterior. It's so delicious. Um, And then we just introduced a tequila grapefruit sour that is made with Casamigos tequila, which is a really good tequila. And I love grapefruit. So the combination of those two things is just delicious.
1: And with the new idea of making candy for adults, Sugarfino was born.
0: Well, it was like a back burner hobby project for two years. So it was about two years after seeing that movie that we officially quit our jobs and decided to start the company. But it was it was sort of that fun thing we would talk about on our dates, we would like dream up what it was going to look like and what it was going to be. We would travel and start to collect all these candies that we'd bring back from, you know, all these tiny little villages in Europe. And at a certain point, we had amassed this collection of about 100 different candies that most people had never seen or tasted before. And we're like, okay, we think we have something here. Um, Let's give it a shot. And so we decided to launch online. And we thought it was going to be something we were going to work on one day a week. We're like, oh, this will be our tax-free travel opportunity. We didn't even think it was going to become, you know, a big business. But um, we were wrong, fortunately.
1: On the last episode, we heard John Tabas' story of starting the books, and disrupting the flower business. The difference here is that Rosie wasn't disrupting an existing industry. Rather, she was creating an entirely new one.
0: Yeah, and I think because we were doing something so different, we weren't necessarily coming in as a competitor to any of these players. We were really unlocking a new market and a new type of customer because our customer is not the kind of customer who goes and does pick-and-mix candy you know, at the gas station or like, you know, the local, you know, retro candy store, our customer is someone who, you know, buys really sophisticated gifts, like a bottle of wine or a bottle of champagne or beautiful flowers. And now they have this other option of very upscale, you know, beautifully packaged candy. And so um, I think that was part of what made it, you know, really work so quickly was that differentiation and, and really standing out. And we were concerned we were going to have to do a lot of education with people about why this was Different and why the pricing was higher than you know candy you'd find in a gas station uh, and we found that people just got it like because the product was so different and they'd never seen anything like it and they could see you know from the descriptions and the stories behind it the quality and the artisanship and then on top of that you had really beautiful giftable packaging. there was almost no resistance or confusion about what the concept was. It was like, it was one of those situations where people didn't know they wanted it, but once once they saw it, they're like, oh, I, I need to have this. What Sugarfina did was
1: create a completely new category within the $80 billion market for candy. The cool thing is that Sugarfina didn't take business from any other candy company. In fact, they expanded the size of the market for candy. As Rosie said, their customers aren't buying candy from a grocery store. The real competition for Sugarfina are gifts like wine and flowers. It's funny to think that a competitor for a candy company could be a flower business, but watch out, John. Rosie, I'm curious how the business has evolved over time.
0: Yeah, the um, product and the packaging evolved a lot. And I think that's common for most businesses. And it's always a piece of advice I give to entrepreneurs who are just starting out is don't fall in love with your first idea because your first idea is nothing like what the final product is going to look like in a few years. Um, So the candy, we had a really different selection of candy in the beginning. Josh and I personally love black licorice. So we had like 14 different black licorices from Scandinavia. No one in the U.S. likes black licorice. So that was something that changed dramatically, the mix of candies and kind of what flavors. The packaging changed probably 12 or 13 times, you know, from where we started to what you see today. And I think it's just, you know, today's world, you're never one and done. You're always evolving and you're always kind of having to look at how can you keep staying ahead of yourself, keep getting better and better and, and make things more and more beautiful.
1: Rosie, how did you know when to make the jump? Like, you've got this great job at Mattel, the only one you applied for out of business school. What gave you the confidence to leave and start Sugarfina?
0: We left our jobs before we started. So it was back in May of 2012. And then we got the website live in July. So pretty quick turnaround. But um, we had essentially said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all in, we're going to kind of make it so that we're forced to try to make it work. But we thought like, okay, six months in, if this isn't taking off, we'll go back and you know, do something else. But it was probably, you know, six weeks in that we realized, oh, wow, this is not just a hobby business. There's like a real market here. And it's a real market that could potentially be pretty big. And so um, we just uh, kept going, kept growing the business. And then we had exciting opportunities come our way. Like very early on, Facebook uh, contacted us. They had this program called Facebook Gifts where you could send a real gift to a friend with one click of a button. It was like the easiest way to gift ever. And so they asked us to be part of that program and we launched with them, not knowing how big it was gonna be. And it, it launched with Apple, Starbucks and Sugarfina. And we're two people working out of our basement who did maybe like 30 online orders a day. And Facebook was sending us thousands of orders a day. So that, that really changed things. That was the jumping off point, definitely.
1: Hearing about Rosie chasing her passion for Barbies and then moving into candy, it's also exciting. The question I want to answer now is about the day-to-day of having your dream job. Does it live up to the hype? Is that even possible? I mean, it can't. It's still a job at the end of the day, Right
0: running a business of any kind is really hard. And there's days where you just want to tear your hair out. But at the end of the day, we're making candy and we do have these moments where we're like all sitting around taste testing And, you know, that's pretty cool. People always say, oh, you started a candy store. How do you not gain weight? I think I actually lost weight because we were working so hard, like 100-hour weeks. You know, Josh and I personally packing and shipping all the orders and driving them to the post office. There was just so much physical labor involved in those early days. And it's like I would eat candy because I'd forget to eat lunch and dinner.
1: (laughs) Okay. So now that we've heard about the early days at Sugarfina, let's switch over to how getting your dream job actually works and why it can be pretty scary. Here's my friend and former classmate, Nicole Fensel. Nicole now works at Roku, but her path to get there was not a straight one. Nicole came to school with the plan of getting a job in tech retail. So over the summer, she interned for Apple. After spending 10 weeks in Cupertino, Nicole wasn't sure if it was for her. She came back to school her second year and put all of her focus into entertainment tech. I know, Nicole has some very specific interests. On a side note, you'll also hear Nicole's best friend and another one of my classmates, Katrina Kernett, who now works at Snapchat.
2: I actually didn't even know Roku had a Santa Monica office. And that kind of was a serendipitous moment when um, they actually came to speak to our entertainment business models class. And then guest speaker. Exactly. So I emailed our guest speaker and kind of got myself in the door the other way versus the official application process. I wanted something that was super tangible, uh, coming from finance, where you're you know, in a B2B side, so always working with internal or uh, business clients. I never really got to see what I did really put into practice outside of putting together a model and sending that over and hope that they use that to run their financials. Um, so not really as as glorious and sexy as something that I can actually touch and feel and see every day. So really wanted to get um, into that. I'm a big, big TV watcher, big movie watcher. Um, I've had a Roku for actually seven years, so really early Roku adopter. Yes, it ended up working out perfectly. The story the story kind of wrote itself, if you will. I didn't really think about Roku until he came to my class and it ended up being the perfect fit. And you have to be at times willing to either take a, like a step back or a sidestep to get to where you want to be if you're trying to put yourself in an industry or in a position that you don't have background in so i actually ended up interning at roku for six months before they gave me a full-time offer which was a big risk in and of itself um so school after, after school i i graduated i was an intern which um much to the dismay of my parents who were like you are graduating <laughs> with your mba and now you're an intern again um i know exactly i but i was willing to take the risk i saw a really unique opportunity with this group and with roku it's pre-ipo i'm growing um specifically the roku channel which is this big new thing for us and um, really just sunk my teeth in and wouldn't let them close the door (laughs) once my foot was in, but it was definitely a a big risk. um, And I wish I had known that it would take as much time or take that kind of mentality of, of you may have to intern for six months or you may have to take the role next to the role uh, that you want in order to get into the company that you want. So.
1: Like anything else in life, chasing your dream job in business school is going to require some appetite for risk. If it's your passion to work in consulting or at a big tech company like Apple or Amazon, then you're in luck because those companies come to campus, recruit early, offer internships, and then high paying jobs. If however, your dreams are a bit more obscure, like working in venture capital for a startup, a candy company, or even an entertainment tech, then the jobs are still out there, but you just may have to use some creativity to get one. And when do you visit a candy company and not test the product?
0: Okay, well, I have peach polini, which has been my longtime favorite. And then I also have uh, these Parisian pineapples. So these are made in France um, and they're vegan. Uh, they're made with real pineapple puree. So I think they're, I'm not vegan, but I think they're amazing. And people who are vegan are like so excited to find a really delicious vegan candy. Because there's a lot of vegan candies, but they're not necessarily known for I being even thought about delicious. Delicious,
1: not vegan. But yeah. are you gonna have some? Which peach. one do you want to do I'll, first? I the peach. Try, okay. Oh, oh, let's try peach.
0: It's juicy. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I feel like I'm, the, I'm on Travel Channel now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I always watch those guys. They're eating like some juicy ribs, and I'm like oh, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. So you can't see our faces, but yeah, you can, you can hear it. They're really
0: good. Okay, vegan and then pineapple the, time. The pineapples. Mm. Okay. Well, Rosie, this was so much fun. Yeah. Super fun. Thank you again. My most fun podcast. And the sweetest podcast, right? Sweetest.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.